are free today to get as close to God as we desire. We are free to do all those things because Christ has set us free. Amen. We're no longer in bondage. We're no longer in slavery. We are free. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord for that. Before we get started this morning, it is for Sunday, so just a reminder, we will not have church tonight. We don't have church if you're visiting with us on four Sundays. That's a night service that we actually take off. And also, we normally don't have children's church on four Sunday. We're not going to have children's church, but we will have the nursery available for children zero to three years. Amen. So if you're here visiting with your children, there will be a nursery for them of zero to three years old in the back. So please send your children back there if you desire this morning. Church, are you glad today to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Church, before we get started this morning, I do want to pray. I know we all need prayer, but there's been several individuals, and I felt it in my own spirit this morning, that feel like we need to pray for Brother Jeff and Cecile Wade, their son Jason, as we all been praying, has had several complications. First they told him it was a seizure, then they told him it was bacteria, then they told him it was just all sorts of things. They even thought it was West Nile. A lot of this, different doctors have said different things. They really don't know what has occurred, but this is their son Jason is a young man, and he basically was sent to the hospital. He was having trouble with his memory, all different things. He didn't really know who he was at first. He didn't recognize his parents and things like that. So it's been a very drastic situation for a very young man. Amen. I think he's around 30, 32 years of age. But before we get started this morning, I want to ask them to come up, please. And I just want to lay hands on them and I want to pray for them. Amen. Let's pray for them. If you would just come up, brother and sister. Now I'm going to ask the members of the board to come up this morning, Sister Sharon. And also, Brother Cobb, if you would come join us in prayer this morning for this dear couple on behalf of their son. And also, church, I'm going to ask you to stand with us this morning. And if you would, just stretch, begin to stretch your hands forward. Church, the Word of God tells us that God is able to heal all circumstances, all needs. Amen. Everything that we may think or ask. In fact, Whenever Jesus is in the house teaching, it says that the power of the Lord was present to heal them in Luke 5 and 17. So let's begin to stretch our hands forward this morning as we pray for this dear couple, pray for their son in this situation, believing in faith that God will touch and rectify this situation. Oh, just begin to stretch your hands forward and Pray with us this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, in the name of Jesus today, oh, Lord God. Lord, we approach your throne room over, oh, Lord God, with boldness. Lord, asking of what we need in our time of need. Lord, we stand in a gap today. On behalf of this young man, oh Lord God, not understanding the circumstances, not understanding why, oh Lord God, but Lord, we look to you as the Savior. We look to you as the provider. We look to you as the one and only healer, oh Lord God. You have conquered death, hell, and the grave. You was beaten, you was bruised on our behalf, and by your stripes we are healed, oh Lord God. So Lord, in the name of Jesus today, we claim this healing. We ask that you touch this young man, O oh Lord God. Lord, you touch every bit of him, O oh Lord God, from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, O oh Lord God. Lord, you leave nothing untouched, O oh Lord. And in the name of Jesus, Lord, at the very root, at the very source of these complications, of this calamity, O oh Lord God. Lord, we ask that you remove it right now in Jesus' name and that you restore this young man and you make him whole, O oh Lord God. Lord, he would be more than whole, Lord God. He would walk out with wisdom. He would walk out with intelligence, O oh Lord God, and he would live the rest of his years knowing, O oh Lord God, that he has been touched by the healer. He's been touched by the master. He's been touched by the provider, O oh Lord God. Give him, Lord, this testimony to speak of, O oh Lord God, for the rest of his years that he's been healed by the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, O oh Lord God. 
Lord, deliver him, O oh Lord God. Restore him, O oh Lord. Lord, help these dear parents, O oh Lord God. Give them peace that surpasses all understanding in the midst of these harsh circumstances, O oh Lord God. And heal and touch and restore this young man. Let him rise up from the bed in which he lays, Lord, right now, O oh Lord God, to not return again. In Jesus' name we ask, we seek, we pray today, and we believe by faith that you shall do what we have asked of today, Lord. We ask in the precious name of Jesus, our Savior and our Deliverer. In Jesus' name today. Amen. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Come on, give him some praise, church. Church, let it never be said that Unity Prayer Center is not a praying church, amen? Church, we have to move from the natural to functioning and flowing in the supernatural with an expectation, with a belief, with a trust, with a desire that God will do what we ask of Him, amen? The Bible tells us that he seeks to give us good gifts, that he's already died for us, that he's already provided healing for us. He's already provided an atmosphere and a life of blessings for us. Church, not that we're not going to have trials and tribulations and hard times and difficulties. In fact, the Bible teaches that we will be tested. There will be times of hardness. There will be times of trials and tribulations. There will be times of sorrow. There will be times of need. But what the Bible also promises us is that He will be there every step, every moment of all of those hard times. And in those times, He wants us to reach out to Him. He wants us to believe in Him. He wants us to trust Him. He wants us to love Him. He wants us to move towards Him. Amen? And He gives us hearts that long and seek Him and have a desire for Him. Church, we are so weak, but He is so strong. We're so destitute, amen, but He is so full of provision. We're so bad in our thoughts and our minds and our evilness and our lust of desires that function and flow within us, but He is nothing but goodness and love and righteousness. Church, He is all that we need, amen? He's all that we need, and we have to stop functioning in the natural of what we see and what we hear and what we think we know and move past that to an atmosphere and a walk of faith. It says the just shall live by faith we can receive the report. We can hear the news. We hear it. We understand it. We interpret it. But we continue not to believe in everything that we hear and we see. But instead, we walk by faith saying, It shall be done when God shows that it's done. It shall be over when God shows that it's over. It shall end when God says it has ended. Until then, I'm going to trust and I'm going to believe that God is able and that He will, amen? And if He chooses not to, then that is God's decision, and I will trust in His sovereignty. But that does not mean that we ever stop asking and seeking in faith and believing that God, hallelujah, will do what we ask of Him. Isn't He great this morning? Amen. Church, turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 in verse 21. The title of this message this morning will be Men are saved by the foolishness of preaching. 
If I was to get a show of hands this morning, which I will not, I guarantee you that three quarters, perhaps even higher, if I were to ask you how many of you came to know the Lord whenever you were in a particular service or when you had heard a particular minister or you were in a particular place and you felt the Holy Spirit move upon you, you felt the Holy Spirit draw you, you probably had sat through many services leading up to that point. You had probably heard the gospel, the good news preached many times. But leading up to that point, there was something special about that day. And the minister had began to open up the very word of God and began to preach the gospel, the good news, the life-saving, delivering gospel of Jesus Christ. And it touched your heart and you knew that you were a sinner. You knew that you were lost. You knew you were destitute. You knew you were afraid. You knew you were weak. You knew you had no future. And you knew if something did not change at that very moment that you would bust hell wide open. It would be your future. It would be your eternity. And that day, you heard the love. You heard the provision. You heard the good news that was for you and you desired it and you repented of your sins and you asked the Savior to come into your life and to be Lord of your life and it changed you and you have been in that process of change ever since you became a new creation in Christ Jesus you were born again how many of us, hallelujah, it was under the message of a preacher that was preaching a particular sermon that touched you that day. I would go as far as to say almost all of us in the house this morning, probably not all of you, but almost all, it was through the foolishness of preaching. Verse 21 in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 says this, For after that in the wisdom of God... The world by wisdom knew not God. Boy, that speaks volumes right there, don't it? All the wisdom we think we have. It's not wisdom at all in relation to God. In fact, we could take the most intelligent person, somebody that works for NASA as a terminology, we give them a rocket scientist, and you could ask them to interpret the Bible. And I guarantee you, if they didn't know the Lord and the Spirit had not revealed it to them, you would probably get all kind of nonsense that they would begin to say and to speak about the Bible because we know that the wisdom of the world is only revealed by the Spirit of God. But it says the world knew not God by its wisdom, but it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Well, Brother Joy, what are you truly trying to tell us here? The foolishness of preaching... Church, I want to be honest with you. If we begin to break it down in human terms, it is very much foolishness to the world. But unto us who know the Lord, it is the salvation. It is the power of God. We're asking you to hear about a man that lived over 2,000 years ago. That God himself took the form of man, took creation, came down to this mortal coil and began to live a life. He was perfect. He was holy. He never sinned, not one time. He never broke the law. He never did anything wrong in thought or in deed. He was perfect. He was holy. And they took that man and they beat him and they bruised him. And they crucified him upon a cross, upon a hill called Golgotha, called Calvary. And he died for my sins and for yours. He took all of those sins upon him that ever had been, ever would be, ever will be. And he suffered and was persecuted for us so that you and I may live again. Not just now in this life, but for an eternity. And it is when we see our true condition, we see our circumstances, we see our lack of strength, our lack of, lack of wisdom, our lack of power, and how truly wrong and evil and sinful we really are that we repent and we ask the Lord to save us, to help us. And we put faith in that confession, believing in our heart and trusting 
that it has been done for us. Church, if I was to say that to a very intelligent person that does not know the Lord, they would look at me like I had completely lost my mind. You want me to put my faith and my trust, not just for my life now, but my life for an eternity, in a man that has been dead over 2,000 years ago. And you're telling me that I can have an abundant life, I can have a delivered life, I can have a blessed life, and I shall never die if I do this and I trust in this man and what he did for me and his provision and his sacrifice over 2,000 years ago. Young man, I want to tell you that that is foolishness that you're speaking. But church, to the world it is foolishness, but unto you and I, hallelujah, it is the method, it is the way that God has chosen to save people is through the foolishness of preaching. It's not foolish to you and I, but it's foolish to the world. But to you and I, it is the power, hallelujah, of God functioning and flowing and working and saving us in our very lives. Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 5 this morning. And church, I want to speak to you about the foolishness of preaching. And I want to bring something to your attention first and foremost. Church, it is never the speaker. It is never the preacher. But instead, the power always lies in the preaching, in the very everlasting, eternal, unaltering word of God as it goes forth in might and in power, empowered by the very Spirit of God to touch hearts, to draw men and women unto his bosom to reveal to them their truly sinful condition. It is never the preacher, but always the preaching. So this morning, I want you to even see it's not this old preacher, it could be anyone up here, but instead it is the preaching where the power of God lies. Hallelujah. Don't let that ever be a stumbling block unto you. When God begins to move upon your heart, move upon your life, as you begin to feel the very presence of God, don't get tripped up on who's speaking, but instead you focus on the anointing of the Word because God is speaking to you. He's talking to you. He's further revealing Himself to you. Church, what a wonderful God we serve, is it not? As if he was not busy enough, his desire is to reveal himself more and more to me. He wants me to know him. Hallelujah. Church, that's mind-boggling to think about, and it's exciting and scary all at the same time that God desires me, and he wants me to know him. Church, he already knows me. In fact, the Word tells us that He knows our very hearts even more than we do. Amen? For God alone searches the heart. It tells us that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? In Jeremiah 17 and 9, who can know it? The very next few verses tell us that God alone searches the heart. Amen? So I thank the Lord that He already knows me. He knows every fallacy of me. He knows everything that's negative about me. He knows all my lustful and evil and bad thoughts. But yet even through all that, He chooses to love me and He chooses to further reveal Himself to me. No matter how much we try and push Him away, no matter how much we try and ignore Him, no matter how much we try and run for Him, God continues to chase after us. Hallelujah. That's wonderful to think about. Come on, give him some praise. <laughs> he continues to be in pursuit of us despite all of our shortcomings. Everyone there in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 1, amen? Amen. If you don't have your Bibles with you this morning, it should be up on the screen. I would encourage you to bring your Bibles, amen? The electricity may go out. Brother Joe, it may not. Sure, it may. Look, we got lights out up here. You're wondering why it looks a little different to you? We had lights go out. Last Sunday night, the lights went out. Must have been all that preaching of the word, amen. 
But I would encourage you in all seriousness to bring your Bibles. Amen? I know some of you like to look at it on your phone. But there are interruptions on your phone. Amen? Your Facebook notifications or whatever other stuff you get. Amen? Your weather alerts. Come on, am I preaching this morning? They're all distractions. You look up, well, I was in the moment, but what what'd you say? I got lost because somebody is eating a hamburger at, at the store and they wanted to know they ever did Never mind. Here's me and my kids at the beach before the storm. Posted on Facebook. But seriously, though, we should bring the word with us. Amen. The Bible tells us that the word is a sword. Well, I love that. Cuts going in and it cuts coming out. Amen. It's double-edged. It's love letters. It's power. It's all of those things. You remember when Jesus was tempted? Remember the devil came to him? says, turn this stones into bread. If you're hungry, you've been fasting for 40 days. He quotes the word to him. He didn't argue with him. He didn't make a railing accusation like, you old devil, you old serpent, ought to pick you up by the nose and throw you all the way across the world into the ocean. He could have done that. He was the Lord. He could have. He just quotes the word to him, the correct word, not the altered word that the devil was trying to quote to him. Takes him up to the, to the temple mount. Says, just throw yourself off here. The angels, will, you won't even dash your toe. The angels will lift you up. They shall catch you. He quotes the word to him. Finally, he takes him up and says, look, everything is mine. I'll give you all this if you'll just bow down and worship me. He didn't say, why should I worship you? For I am the Lord God Almighty. He could have said anything he wanted, but instead he said, Thou shalt worship the Lord, thy God alone. Church, we need the word, amen. We need it not just with us, but we need it written on our hearts. Amen. We need it written on our hearts. It is a weapon. It is a sword for us. Bring your Bibles, please, to church if you would. If you don't have a Bible, I've told you before, come see me. I'll buy you one. I mean it. 2 Kings chapter 5 and verse 1. I want us to look at a man this morning that would hear the foolishness of preaching and he would have a decision to make. I want you to see yourself as this man this morning for he represents all of mankind in some form or fashion. It says in verse 1 of 2 Kings chapter 5, Now Naaman, captain of the host, of the king of Syria was a great man with his master. I love how the word puts that. You notice that God doesn't say he's a great man. It says with his master, which was the king, by the way, and honorable because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor. So we see this great description of this man. This would be like a Colin Powell or someone like that who is a great general in the army. He's won many battles. He's conquered many things. He's done a great and many wonderful things. He's honorable. He's got all the look. He's got everything. He's got the stripes to match it. He's got the respect. He's got the power. He is favored by the king. He's been able to do great and mighty and wonderful things. In fact, it says even the Lord had anointed their army and they had won great many battles because of this particular general, this particular man. But it has interrupted his great description as we would call it in human terms by another term. This man was also a leper. This man had been struck with leprosy. Leprosy is an infectious disease. It was very rampant in the times of Christ. It was very rampant in biblical times. In fact, Leprosy was so widespread that they would cast the people out of the cities and they would have to live outside of the cities. Leprosy does many things to your body. It begins to create infections on the outside of your body, many lesions. But also what it does, not just the lesions, it begins to affect your very nerves in your body so that you cannot feel the tips of your fingers, you cannot feel the tip of your nose, you cannot feel different parts of your body. And over time, because of the disease that is on the inside, it begins to manifest itself on the outside. And because they are so numb, they are so unfeeling, they begin to literally, from time to time, 
bump up against things, begin to hit things. They begin to set too close to fires and the heat begins to burn them because they are so brought up with all this infection on the inside that it has led to them being so numb that they cannot feel of everything that is harming them in this life. It is very representative of sin that is within us. If we allow sin just to run rampant, we will begin to not only hurt all of those around us, but we will begin to hurt ourselves over and over and over again. Leprosy represents sin in mankind. Something that is happening on the inside that no one else can see and finally it begins to manifest totally on the outside to where we are totally cast out of cities, cast out of society, cast out and eventually it will become our death. And no matter how great this man was, he had this disease that he could not get cured. Now, I'm sure he had saw all the great doctors of the day. He had saw all the great physicians. He had been to the best places. He had probably spent the most money. He had went to Houston and got this surgery. He had been there and got that surgery. He had went over here. He had went over there. He had done all these things. But it all led to no avail. What was happening on the inside could not be cured by mankind. And this man's place was going to be death because of what was happening on the inside of him. And verse 2 says this, And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would God my Lord were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. So we see this little maid that has been taken captive. No doubt she had probably lost all of her family. I don't know if they had been killed or if they had also been sold off themselves. But she had taken with her the only thing that she could take with her into this foreign country. You see, she probably had no possessions. She probably had no money. She had been sold into slavery. She had no strength. She had no provisions. She had nothing. But church, she had something on the inside of her that she could take. And it was, hallelujah, the knowledge and the presence and the life-altering, delivering power of God that resided within her. And instead of keeping it to herself, she vocally stood up and said, I wish my Lord was over in this place because there is a prophet, there is a man of God, and God will heal him. Hallelujah. She didn't keep it to herself. No doubt, a few of them that probably heard her said, that is complete foolishness. We have the best doctors. We have the most money. We have the most provision. We have the most intelligence. We have the most wisdom. And now you're saying there's some old prophet that's living in Samaria and he has the answer to what can heal this man that there is no cure for leprosy. You're trying to stand up and tell us that there is a cure and this man, if you will go and speak to him, will point you to the cure. It sounds like a simple thing to you and I, but I want to tell you, we'll see at the end how this all works out for him and for her. But if we would have went over there and it would have been a false claim, they probably would have went back and they would have killed this slave. So she chooses to stand up and what is in her heart and is in her life by faith and to speak the truth that she knows in her heart, soul, spirit, and mind, but also what she has experienced in her life. Church, I want to tell you it takes all kinds, amen? It's not just always walking into the church and hearing that sermon, but a lot of times it's people asking, would you please come to church with me? I've been praying for you. Would you please, I'm inviting you, would you please bring them and them and them? I want you to come. God's moving in our church. I believe God can touch you. I believe God can heal you. Brother Jeff and Sister Cecile, I believe God, hallelujah, is going to touch your son. I believe it. Believe it by faith. Would you come? Would you go? Would you go and would you hear what the Spirit is saying? And verse 4 says this, 
And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid that is of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go to go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him 10,000 talents of silver and 6,000 pieces of gold and 10 changes of raiment. In case you're curious and you don't have a study Bible this morning, that's about $20,000 of our currency today. He sends with him $20,000. And not only that, the king sends a letter commanding that the king of Israel would send him to this man and would help him. Church, they had believed the report. Now, I don't want to minister on this young lady this morning. I got the rest of the message I want to preach in another area I want to go. But church, let me tell you something. This young lady probably had a lot of passion and a lot of fortitude when she spoke them words. Don't you believe? Come on, whoever's reporting to the king probably didn't say it like this. Well, king, you know, this little slave girl we got said uh, there might be somebody. You know, I was kind of trying to fill her out when I was talking to her. You know, I think she believed it. I don't know if it's really true, but there might be someone over in Israel that can heal Naaman if, uh, if you want to send him over there. You know, hopefully what she's saying is true. Church, I don't believe it went like that at all, do you? That's how we talk, isn't it? I was trying to fill him out and see what was really right and wrong. That's why what we say. I think this little girl stood up, and with boldness, she spoke the truth and what was in her heart. And whoever heard it believed her report. Hallelujah, they believed her report. That's how we also need to be as believers, those who have experienced the deliverance of God. Hallelujah. And verse 6 says this, And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now when this letter is come unto you, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman my servant to you, that you mayest recover him of his leprosy. And it came to pass when the king of Israel had read the letter that he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive that this man does send to me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore, consider, I pray you, and see how he seeks a quarrel against me. He sends him to the land of Israel, the land of God, and the king doesn't even believe that God can touch this man and heal him of his leprosy. In fact, the king is so used to all his power, all his authority, all his intelligence, that all he sees is the natural. He can't even see the simplicity of the supernatural of what God is doing in this particular situation. In fact, he finally comes to the conclusion that he is seeking a quarrel against me and he is trying to get me to do this knowing that it cannot be done. And when it cannot be done, he's going to attack us and he's going to cause a war over this. This is the king of Israel's report. No belief, no faith, no trust. No expectation of the healing power of the Lord God Almighty. None. And he dwelt, he lived, he ruled in the land of Israel. Church, I want to tell you this morning, you can sit in church your whole life and never really believe in your heart. You can sit there your whole life. My parents were saved, they used to drag me to church, and I've been in church my whole life, and I've been doing this, doing that. You can do all that and still die and go to hell. You can bust hell wide open because it is a personal relationship with the Lord. As the Spirit has drawn you and you've heard the good news, it sounded like foolishness to you before, but that day, hallelujah, something clicked, something changed, something happened as the Spirit revealed Himself unto you. Hallelujah. It is a personal relationship with the Lord. It don't matter what your last name is. It don't matter how long you've been in church. You can dwell there forever and still die and go to hell. Church, it is a personal relationship and dedication unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, give him some praise today. Mm. Verse 8. And it was so when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore has you, 
why have you went, rent your clothes? Which means to rip open, by the way. Let him come now to me. <laughs> oh, I love this. And he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So the prophet sends the report, the message to the king. And asks the king, why are you ripping your clothes off? Why are you so wroth? Why are you in this condition? Why don't you send this man over unto me? Because I have something to tell this man. You see, king, you're not the prophet. God has anointed another one to be the prophet. He wasn't sent to you anyway. He's truly being sent to me because I'm the one that has the message to tell him because you don't have no faith and you don't believe. So why don't you send him over my way and everyone will know that God, hallelujah, is still in Israel. Hallelujah. Hmm. Verse 9, so Naaman came with his horses and with his chariots, and he stood at the door of the house of Elisha. He comes with his entourage. He rides up probably in his armor, you know, with his sword on his side, all valiant. I am a big to-do. I'm the general. He comes to this little hut. It was probably a little hut, by the way, that Elisha lived in. That's what we call it today. Probably had a little table, a little candle, a little bed, maybe. A little log cabin. He comes riding up with his whole entourage outside. He's important. He's a great man in, in human terms. But church, I want to tell you what also was going on with this great man. He was dying. He was dying on the inside. And it had began to manifest to the outside that everyone could see what was going on on the inside. And it was just a matter of time before death was going to be very near in his future. Church, I'll ask you today, is that you today, this morning? Those of you who don't know the Lord as your personal Lord and Savior? You've heard, you know God's present, but have you believed, have you submitted yourself unto the Lord? Have you asked Him for forgiveness, for mercy, for deliverance from this life that you've been living, this life of death? And verse 10 says this, And Elijah sent a messenger unto him, by the way, this was a hut that he sat in. <laughs> Saying, go and wash in Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall come again to you, and you shall be clean. Elijah doesn't even get up from the little hut. I don't know how big it was, but he doesn't even get up from it. Instead, he sends a messenger outside to this great you see, the prophet was no respecter of persons, just like the Lord. It didn't matter how great this man was in society. In the eyes of the Lord, he was another soul. The messenger, the prophet, the preacher simply delivered the word to the man. It was the man who thought he was great. It was society that thought he was great. It was the world's terms and conditions that thought he was so wonderful. But the messenger only heard of a soul, and therefore he delivered the word of God to that hungering, lost, lonely, dying soul. And the message was this. There is something flowing very near here. And what you need to do as this dying soul, what you really need is a cleansing from God. You are dirty, you are destitute, you are dying because of your uncleanness. 
you need to be cleansed by the Lord. What you need to do is wade off into the river Jordan and receive your cleansing from the Lord. And when you do this, you will be cleansed, you will be healed, you will be delivered. Naaman heard this. Verse 11, But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, Behold, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Are not Abana and Farpar rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. So we see the man reacting to the foolishness that was spoken by the prophet. What? Does he not know who I am? I was surely he would come out here. He would touch me. I would stay on my chair and he would raise his hand and call upon the name of the Lord. There would probably be lightning striking all across the sky and I would magically be healed of this leprosy that has affected me. Does he not know who I am? He sends his messenger outside to walk some probably 30 feet out here to tell me this. He can't even get up and come out here and tell me himself. And above all that, what does he want me to do? This old river Jordan, I know this old river Jordan. It's full of silt and it's full of sand. And in fact, when I look at it and it begins to flow as I have crossed this river and I've seen it, it's one of the dirtiest rivers that I've ever seen because of this old silt and this old sand. In fact, this old river has very much of a reddish tint to it. Could I not go into my own country and the beautiful rivers there? Habana and Farpar is two that come to mind. And could I not bathe in them and wash them be clean? They are far cleaner. This is nothing but foolishness that this man has spoken unto me, the great man. Church, I want to tell you, he was full of pride. He was full of his own thoughts, his own desires of how God will work and how God does work and what God will do. Church, it's not about us. Did you know that this morning? You know why Jesus would heal the multitude? Sure, he loved them. Sure, he had compassion on them. Do you know why Jesus really healed them? Anybody know in the house? So that the Father might be glorified in the Son. Hallelujah. Church, did you know the reason he touches you, the reason he blesses you? Yes, he loves you, but did you know it's so that the, hallelujah, the God of all creation may be glorified far above and beyond mankind, that he may be lifted up so that when we're healed, it's not the man, but it's God Almighty. Hallelujah. It's God. God touching mankind. Healing, delivering, extending mercy, extending grace because he loves us so much that he may be glorified. Hallelujah. It's not about the man. The prophet simply tells him, there's a flow near here and you may not understand it. You look at it in your terms, you think it's dirty, you think it's nasty, but I want to tell you something. There's something supernatural that's flowing in the River Jordan that you don't know about because I want to tell you what it represents. It represents God Almighty is one day going to take the former man. He's going to come down here. He's going to live this life. He's going to be perfect. He's going to be holy and he's going to do it for me and he's going to do it for you. But one day they're going to take him They're going to beat him. They're going to bruise him. They're going to put a crown of thorns on him. He's not even going to be recognized. And they're going to place him on a cross. And they're going to crucify him. And his blood is going to run all the way down that cross. And it's going to run on the ground. I want you to know that the river Jordan isn't just some old river. But instead it represents the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That flows throughout the world. It flows from heaven 
It's nasty. It's dirty to you and I. It's not pretty. It probably has a smell to it. But it is the supernatural power of God that cleanses us and washes us and makes us whole from the inside to the outside. It is by the blood of Jesus that we're cleansed and we're made whole. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God, for that. Oh, hallelujah, Lord, we glorify you today. And verse 13 says this. Notice the man came. First he hears the message, and he believes it, but he has not received it from the young maiden. He travels to hear the message. Church, did you know sometimes it's a journey to get from your house to church every you know, Sunday mornings? The enemy's trying everything it does to stop you, amen? Everything he can to stop you. Oh, you don't need to go to church. Oh, you don't need to fellowship. Oh, don't worry about bringing your Bible. Oh, you don't have to be there on time. Oh, you shouldn't go today. Oh, you ain't feeling good. Oh, you worked all week. You had to cut grass yesterday. The storm's coming. The hurricane's coming. You don't need to get up and go. You need to go have dinner. You need to sit back in your recliner and relax. You need to watch your 150 channels. Your brother don't go. Your sister don't go. Your mom and them don't go no more. Your kids don't go no more. Nobody cares if you're there. Why should you get up and go? Church, the reasons are endless. I just rattled off about 20. I could rattle off up here all day long. Why we don't want to go to church? <laughs> he becomes into a rage when he hears the message again in all its simplicity. But it wasn't just the maiden and the prophet speaking to him. But now, it's someone very close to him that he appreciates and he trusts. Church, you've heard me mention to you about your sphere of influence. I'm going to keep harping on that because it is so important. Do I want you to invite them to come to church? Absolutely. Come, let's preach to them. Let's preach the foolishness so that they may be saved. Hallelujah. But you have a sphere of influence, every one of you. I ain't just talking to couples here. Every one of you have a sphere of influence that no one else does. Verse 13 says this, And his servants came near and spoke unto him, and said, My father, if the prophet had bid you to do some great thing, wouldst you not have done it? How much rather than when he saith to you, Wash and be clean. He basically comes to him and says this, if he would have told you to go off on some big great adventure, to go off to some big high mountain and slay the dragon and come back with this and do all this, would you not have done it? You would already be on your way. You see, because in your mind, you're trying to earn something great. You're trying to accomplish something great. You're trying to conquer something great. But the Bible tells us that we cannot conquer death, hell, and the grave. All he says to you is by faith to wade off unto these waters and wash, and you shall be cleansed. Not by any of your power alone, but simply by your faith that you proceed. And when you do that, you shall be cleansed. What did the man do? Did he listen? To the three witnesses? Did he listen to the foolishness? Verse 14 says this, Then he went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was made clean. Church, I can imagine how it must have been. I feel so dumb, I feel so embarrassed walking down into these waters in front of all my men. You know, church, when I got saved, I, I sat through that altar call with white knuckles, probably the whitest thing on my body instead of red, amen, but I sat there with white knuckles on that pew. 
through that whole altar call and that preacher was calling to come unto the Lord God Almighty. He beckons you. He desires you. He welcomes you. And I stood right there and didn't come. You know why I didn't come? Because I was embarrassed. Imagine it's such a, a dumb thing. Church, did you know heaven's rejoicing when a soul gives their heart to the Lord? Church, there's like a, a celebration. Probably all of heaven begins to call out your name that another soul has been welcomed into the kingdom. Probably calling out your name in heaven when you give your heart, soul, and life unto the Savior. He waded out into those waters embarrassed. I don't know what happened. He probably got down on his knees. The River Jordan is actually very shallow in a lot of places, if you didn't know. It's very shallow in some places. But he began to wash his face. Nothing happened. Washed it again and he washed it again. Probably halfway there of what they had told him to do. But something took hold in him that caused him to continue. Could this really be the truth? Could this really be my deliverance? Could this really not be foolishness, but instead could be the very power of God that is now available unto me? Will I submit myself believing and trusting in what the Word of God has told me? Will I submit? And church, he done it seven times total. And it says upon that seventh time, that his flesh became as like a little child. Church, he was washed. He was cleansed. He was healed. The Bible tells us in 1 John 1 and 9, it says, If we confess our sins, that he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us, from all unrighteousness. Church, we all need a cleansing, amen? Have you heard the word today? Have you heard the foolishness of the world? But it's the power of God. Not the preacher, but the preaching. Have you heard the gospel of Jesus Christ today? Church, I want to tell you, it's available to you. All you souls in here today, it's available unto you. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back for a few moments this morning, just whatever the Lord lays upon their hearts. Church, I'm going to ask you to stand. can only imagine the excitement of Naaman. And we're not told in the word of God. But church, I can only imagine how much he must have blessed that girl who had been sold into slavery whenever he returned home. She probably wasn't a servant anymore, amen. She probably was even made a daughter unto him. Hallelujah. Church, this is the Lord's altar service, not mine. It's a meeting place between you and the Lord. That's what it is. God has made the way perfect, and he's made it clear for us to come unto him. It's been wide open for us to come. All we have to do is step out by faith, trusting and believing that God will cleanse us, He will heal us, He will save us, He will extend His mercy and His grace in our lives. He will deliver us from this body of sin. As they begin to play, would you come this morning? Come on, these altars are open. You just want to come and have prayer time with the Lord? You want to cry out to Him this morning? It's available unto you.
If you don't know him and you've heard the good news of Jesus Christ, and you know that today the Spirit has drawn you, that today is the day of salvation to give your heart, your life unto the Lord, would you come today? I'd love to pray with you. Oh, would you step out and come in Jesus' name?
Is there any amongst you that know in your heart that Jesus Christ is not Lord and Savior of your life? You've been seeking, you've been searching, you've been wondering. You've been hearing. I want you to know that today He's speaking unto you. He has spoken unto you. beckons you to come and to make him master of your life. I'm going to ask the worship team to play just for a few more moments this morning. Don't be embarrassed. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. In fact, it would be the greatest day of your life if you would come unto him. The angels would be singing. This church would be singing of the praise. Would you come today if that's you that the Lord is speaking to? Oh, would you come as they play just for a few more moments. Let us press in, church. Let us press in. Let everyone just begin to close their eyes and pray this morning. Let us press in. I'm just overwhelmed with the mercy, the love, the care, the concern, the grace of God. I just feel it overflowing from my heart. Amen. Thank you, Lord God, for that presence, oh, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for the word this morning, Lord God. I know it shall not return void, oh, Lord. Church, don't forget, no church tonight because of fourth Sunday. They said the storm may move our way, it may not. Church, those people in Texas, they're, they're, they're hurting right now. and We have been through that. We know exactly how it feels. Please pray to the Lord that this storm would cease, that the devastation would stop on behalf of these people. And also, church, that the storm would not move in our direction. Amen. Love you this morning. God bless y'all. Lord, we thank you today. We love you. We, we praise your holy name today, oh Lord God. Please keep us safe, Lord. Keep all of our extended family safe, Lord. Even those that are in Texas, those even that may be traveling over there, oh Lord God. Lord, we ask that your hand be upon us, oh Lord God. In every action, in every thought, in every deed, oh Lord God. You alone can keep us safe. So Lord, we release our security unto you and ask that you help us oh Lord God help us Lord to be your hands, your eyes, your ears, your feet your mouthpiece oh Lord God 
to be vessels, Lord, of your goodness and your greatness. We love you today and we thank you. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Church, God bless you all today.